Hey, we are so glad that you have joined us here today for our One Voice uh, worship. Thanks for coming to celebrate with us, and that's what we're doing today. Uh, we are celebrating the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and we are thankful to have each and every one of you. If you just happen to be passing through town and decided to, to stop in, we're thankful. If you're here with family and friends, we're grateful that you have uh, joined us today. If you're uh, searching for a church home, we would love to have you call East Brainerd your family. And we'd love to be able to have more conversations with you about that. We're just grateful for you to be here uh, today. And it is a celebration. And here's why. It says in Luke chapter 2 and verse 11, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is Christ the Lord. I want you to think about something this morning. Of all the ways that Jesus could have been introduced, of all the ways that it could be announced that Jesus the Son of God has come. I think it's interesting that the word that's chosen is that he's a Savior. See, the angel could have introduced him this way. The angel could have said that today in the town of David, a king has been born, because that's what he is, right? He is a king. He is the king of kings. And besides, that's really what the people were wanting in the first place. They were hoping that a king would come. They were tired of the Roman oppression. They were tired of living under Caesar's rule. They wanted the Messiah to come and establish an earthly kingdom. They were wanting a Messiah that would make everything in the world right. And I think that's what we sometimes want out of Jesus. We just want Jesus to come and make our world, our little world right here, right. You may recognize that Jesus is a savior, but maybe what you really want him to be is a matchmaker because you're just tired of being alone. Or maybe you're glad that he's a savior, but what you really want is a career counselor, just someone that can, can show you the road ahead and, and where you need to go. You like that Jesus is a savior, but what you really need is a financial advisor because you're just tired of, of being broke. You just want Jesus to come and make everything right. He could have been called the king of kings. The angel could have announced him this way. Today in the king, or in the city of David, a miracle worker has been born. Because that's, that's what Jesus would do. He would, he would do things that no one else had ever done. I mean, who else who had lived was able to restore withered limbs and make the lame walk, cause the blind to see, turn funeral processions into family reunions? That is what Jesus went about doing. In fact, in every town that he would go to, he would run into people who saw him nothing more as a magic show. They were glad, perhaps, that he brought salvation, but what they really wanted, they wanted him to grant a wish. They wanted him to do something, change something, make something different. And I think of that guy in Matthew chapter 9. He's crippled, and he's brought to Jesus, and, and Jesus sees him, and Jesus knows that he's crippled, and Jesus looks at him and said, your sins are forgiven. And a little later on in the story, he'll tell him to rise and walk, and he's going to heal him. But I've often wondered, what happened in between Jesus saying, your sins are forgiven, and telling him to rise and walk? Do you think the guy in some way was disappointed? Do you think he was frustrated? <laughs> Great, my sins are forgiven, but what I really came here for was a new pair of legs. I wanted to be able to run. I wanted to be able to hop, jump, and skip. And I think that's kind of how we look at God sometimes. Great. I mean, I'm glad that God brings forgiveness, but what I could really use is a raise. What I'd really like is a spouse. What we'd really want is a child. I'm glad that God brings salvation, but, 
But could he throw in a flat screen and an Apple Watch with that? Because they're, they're kind of hard to find this time of year. We, we want God to, to come in and we want him to fix our, our temporary problems. And, and Jesus could have been introduced and said today in the town of David, a miracle worker is here. Everything's going to be all right. But that's not what was said. The angel could have introduced Jesus this way. Today in the town of David, a peacemaker has been born. He would do that as well, right? He'd bring peace. And I know it seems we could use a lot of it this time of year. I was reading an article about, from a psychologist named David Lewis. And Dr. Lewis, he did his research on husbands who went Christmas shopping with their wives. And now he researched, he researched men ages 22 to 79. And here's what he discovered. He said, when, when men go shopping with their wives, and, and this, is a, this is a quote, right? He says, what you, what you find is their blood pressure rates are at the same level that you expect to see of fighter pilots before they go into combat, right? Yeah. I mean, I've always wanted to be called Maverick. You know, I think all of us husbands, we need a call sign, right? I mean, wouldn't that be great? We're going to go shopping with our wives, and, and maybe, maybe you're the husband that just goes and finds a couch somewhere. You sit out, you know, in, the, in that lobby area, you know, in the mall, and all of a sudden, you know, it comes over the speaker. Goose, you're needed in houseware. Goose, you're needed in houseware. I mean, that would be really awesome, you know, and, and you stand up among all the other husbands. You're like, that's me, <laughs> fighter pilot. That's what I do. <laughs> Man, you, you know that frustration, and maybe you know that anxiety. You, you know how it feels. There was a store that once followed a husband around with their cameras while he was going through the store as his wife was shopping. The first, the first camera caught him in, in housewares, and he was going through and setting all the alarm clocks to go off at five-minute intervals, <laughs> Right? And then later they found him moving a caution wet floor sign onto a carpeted area. And then they found him moving suspiciously through the store while he loudly hummed the Mission Impossible theme song. And finally they caught him going into a changing room and he was in there for a few minutes and, and on the tape you could hear him yell out, Hey, there's no toilet paper in here. Guys, we just try to stay sane, right? We just try to come up with something to do, something to take away the anxiety of going shopping during this time of year. Well, maybe for you it is the shopping that you need peace from, or maybe it's the planning that goes in to all the different events and all the company that comes in. Maybe it's the financial stress that comes along with the Christmas season. Or maybe it's that family function that inevitably turns into dysfunction junction whenever all the in-laws and cousin Eddie's start to arrive. You understand what I mean, right? You could just really use some peace. And it would be great if it was said, here is Jesus. And the Prince of Peace has been born. But he was introduced as a savior. And why? Well, the Bible puts it this way. In Romans chapter 3, it says all have sinned and fallen short of God's standard. Everybody. All of us. We have all sinned and fallen short of the standard that is the perfection of God. I was reading through some Christmas cards that were sent to Santa 
by some children, and one of my favorite was written by a boy, and he says, Dear Santa, in our home we have three boys. Jeffrey is two. David is five. Norman is seven. Jeffrey is good some of the time. David is good some of the time. Norman is good all the time. And then he wrote, I am Norman. <laughs> and we like to think of ourselves that way, right? We like to think of ourselves and, and compare ourselves to the people around us because we feel pretty good. We feel pretty good. But the truth of the matter is none of us are Norman. None of us are good all the time. We all have our stains and we all have our sins and a king is not going to take care of that. And a miracle worker is not going to solve our problem. And and a peacemaker is not going to make all the stains and all the wrong and everything be able to go away. You know, even in the very first pages of your New Testament, you see the great need that's present. In Matthew chapter 1, Matthew introduces Jesus by just giving us his ancestry. And it's just a list of names. And we talked last week how that it's one of those chapters that we just kind of turn and kind of flip by very quickly because we we don't really want to take our time. It's just this long list of names. We really don't understand why it's there. Let's move on to the good stuff. But Matthew, well, he knows that as a devout Jew, when you record someone's ancestry, you're supposed to skip over the bad parts. You're supposed to only highlight those things that make the person you're writing about look great. But that's not what he does. He keeps it all in. And as you read through that first chapter, you just see all these different names, and it becomes clear when you discover their history. If you understand something from the Old Testament, that those Hebrew scriptures, you begin to understand, wow, people have needed a Savior for a long time. It begins with Abraham in verse 2. And Abraham was a great man of faith. We know that. But Abraham was also a liar. Do you know that? I mean, he told some pretty significant lies that are recorded there in Scripture, and the Bible doesn't shy away from it. And just understand, maybe, maybe this year you've been dishonest in some areas. And maybe you've told your kids you weren't going to work as, as much or, or that you're going to spend more time with them. Maybe you promised your spouse you weren't going to take another drink. Maybe you've made some promises to God this year about your, your commitment, and, and you said, this is who I'm going to be, Lord. Maybe you promised a friend you'd pay them back and you haven't. And and there is this stain that's there in your life. There is this sin. You've missed the mark. You haven't lived up to God's standard. And so for you and for me and for Abraham, we're told that God sent a Savior. You keep going down there in Matthew chapter 1, and you see the very next verse that it talks about Isaac. And that's Abraham's son. And Isaac, not surprisingly, I guess, repeated the exact same sin that his father had committed. And it happens a lot that way, right? We say, I'm never going to be like like my father. I'm not going to be angry like him. I'm not going to be self-centered like my mother. And we're going to take a different path, and we're going to chart a different course. And then we don't really know how it happens, but one day we wake up, and we look in the mirror, and there is our father staring right back at us. There's our mother looking at us in the mirror, and we wonder, what happened? Is it too late to take a different path? And so for everyone this morning who is looking to start a new direction in their family, For everyone who says, I wish that there could be a new path that I could go on, God sent a Savior. You have Abraham, you have Isaac, and then you keep reading, and of course there's Jacob. He's Isaac's son, and Jacob was a swindler, and Jacob was a cheat. He lied to his father, he ripped off his brother. I don't know, maybe you're a student that's just been cheating your way through this first semester. Maybe you've been cheating on your spouse, and you hope that no one finds out the truth. Maybe you've been cheating on your taxes. But here's the thing. 
God knows. He already knows. That's why he sent a savior. You see, you keep reading through the list in Matthew 1, and you just get all these different names, and we looked at some last week, and, and, and we come down, and, and you get there, and, and you finally arrive at David, and, and he's the one that's mentioned in Scripture as being a man after God's own heart. And so we're like, well, sure, David is there, but, but when you think about the things that took place in his life, I mean, Matthew could have said about him, David is the giant killer, David, the writer of Psalms, David, the great king. But the way that he's introduced, it says, David, the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Uriah would be the husband of Bathsheba. And after David had his affair with Bathsheba, he went and had Uriah killed to cover up the stain. And yet we read that today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. And that's good news. It's good news, not just for Abraham, and not just for Isaac, and not just for Jacob. It's good news, not just for David. It's good news, it's good news for you, and, and it's good news for you guys that are sitting back there in the back, and it's, it's good news for everybody that, that listens to us online during the week, and those who are watching us online right now. It's good news, because guess what? I need a Savior, and you need a Savior. The world needs a Savior. And I think a lot of us grew up thinking, thinking that God is a lot like Santa Claus and that they're just these naughty and nice lists and they both see you when you're sleeping and they know when you're awake because they're stalkers and they know when you've been bad or good and, and, and you've got to be good for goodness sake. And it's, it's true, God knows all of these things that take place in our life. Nothing is hidden from him. He knows our thoughts and he knows our deeds. And it is actually true that God has a list of people and on that list, he records the names of everyone who will spend eternity with him. But here's what's really hard for us to understand. There is a difference between God and Santa's list. Getting on the list for God has nothing to do with being naughty or nice. It doesn't matter how good you are because you can never be good enough to be God. All have sinned and fallen short of God's perfect standard. It doesn't matter doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how bad you are and what you've done. God, God won't keep you from coming on the list. That's not how it works. So how do you get on God's list? Well, just like Romans 3 says that all have sinned, Romans 6 goes on to say, look, the wages of that sin is death. It's the consequence of daily missing the mark of God's perfection, spiritual death that comes to our life. But then it says that the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we don't earn the gift. We don't deserve the gift. It's a gift. It's freely given and freely we receive it when we choose to take hold of Jesus as God holds him out before us. So we can try to make up for our sins and we can try to get rid of the consequences, but it just won't happen. God has given us the gift of his son. He sent his son into the world so that a savior could be born. And that's why the angel announced Jesus' birth and said, I bring you good news. He says, this is a woohoo moment, right? He said, this is that moment. There is good news that brings great joy to all people. It's the eternal woohoo is that moment that just keeps going and it rings throughout all eternity. You see, it's for all the Abrahams and it's for all the Isaacs. It's for all the Jacobs and for all the Davids, for all the Tamars and Rahabs and Bathshebas. It's for all the Carters and for all the Cates. It's for all the Hectors 
and all the Sophias. It's for all the Anthonys and all the Tashas. For every single sinner, I bring you good news. Good news. A Savior has been born. And look, friends, don't miss the fact that this great and joyful event is meant to be for everyone worldwide. The birth of Jesus is good news in every language, no matter the culture or the continent. No country or ethnicity has a monopoly on God's grace. The cries that rang out from Bethlehem sounded the same, no matter the native tongue, because, the, the, because grace is heaven's universal language. In the story of a baby that's wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying there in a manger, it's a story that's just as beautiful if told in Hebrew or Farsi or Hindi or Korean or Chinese or Russian. It's beautiful told in French. It's a beautiful story, but it doesn't sound beautiful told in German. It's beautiful in Ukrainian, it's beautiful in Spanish, and it's beautiful in English. No matter the tongue that speaks the Jesus story, it's a beautiful story about a king who desires to sit on the throne of your life. It's a beautiful story about a miracle worker who can bring change to your life. It's a beautiful story about the Prince of Peace who wants to to speak calm into your life. But above all these things, the story of Jesus is the story of the Savior who can rescue your soul. It's why finding Christmas, it's why rediscovering the story of the, that birth this season is so important. You see, Christmas is the reminder that, that you have hope. It's the reminder that you have hope. Your life is not void. It's not meaningless. It's not, it's not filled with zero purpose at all. Christmas is a reminder that you have forgiveness, that you are not the sum of all your worst choices. Christmas is a reminder that you have a future, that you have eternity with God in heaven. Christmas is a reminder that you have a Savior, that God has, has rescued you from the consequences of your sin, the sin from last week, the sin from last night, the sin from last year, the sin that is always present, the sin that is always before you. There has been rescue that is brought to your life through Jesus Christ. And that's why we go, woohoo! Can you give me a big woohoo this morning? Good. Now can you give me one that means that Jesus Christ, the Savior, has been born? Yes, that is good news that brings great joy. And it's why when you find Christmas, you find celebration. And so here's what we're going to do. I said, I said Derek, look, when we close out the message, I said, I want us to have some woohoo songs, right? I said, we, we need some celebration songs. We're going to start off with joy to the world. And I don't know what else we're going to be singing. But we're going to do some celebrating this morning as people who truly believe that a Savior has been born. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born. And if that excites you, will you sing joy to the world?